Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. And so this evening, as we dig into these scriptures again uh, tonight, I hope to be able to show you exactly what makes a spiritual gift complete. And in this, we will uh, see as we conclude uh, verse, in verse number 31 of chapter 12, I want to read it again for emphasis' sake, and then we're going to continue right into chapter 13, because the Scripture says, "...but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way, through or though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity." I am become as sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my gifts, or all my goods, sorry, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. But now abideth faith, hope. Charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. In verse number 1 of chapter 14, the Scripture says, Follow after charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. We'll stop there for this evening because I do want to uh, help you understand this evening in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 and how uh, the completer of the spiritual gifts is what we read about here in chapter 13 as charity completes the gift. 
the gift that God has given. It completes it, and we're going to see that here uh, this evening. Let's pray together, and we'll jump right in here. Heavenly Father, we thank You uh, once again. Uh, Father, You have given to us Your Word that we might grow thereby. Uh, your Word compares itself to, uh, to the bread of life and the, the life that we can have in Jesus Christ, and uh, that we can grow thereby as we have tasted Your Word. And Father, I pray tonight as we uh, seek to take this in, I pray that as we uh, digest it and as we uh, consume it this evening, Father, that uh, You would uh, just allow it to nourish our hearts. Father, may we take it in and, and may we just ponder upon uh, what Your Word says tonight. May we apply it to our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right. Well, you are probably not a stranger in a crowd like this to 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. Uh, this is a uh, passage that has uh, been spoken about for uh, many, many years in many different settings. Uh, it's often uh, referred to at weddings and different venues as we uh, replace often the word charity with the word love. Uh, you've probably heard that before. Um, but it's interesting to note as we uh, look at this passage tonight that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is not a uh, separate chapter among uh, the rest of the book of 1 Corinthians. It has a purpose and it's placed here uh, in, ex in exactly the place that God wanted it to be. And while it is a, uh, a, a wonderful passage, it's a lovely passage, um, I also want to note here, just by way of introduction, uh, that as the uh, word charity was used here, it was used because of the meaning of the word charity. You'll find throughout Scripture uh, that as we uh, see other places, as the Bible says, for God so loved. Uh, for God so loved the world. Uh, it also tells us in other places, husbands, love your wives. Obviously, those are uh, in, a, in a verb type of a sense. Uh, charity is not necessarily within a uh, verb usage, more within a noun usage. However, uh, to simply say and describe charity as another word of love really does the word charity a disservice. It really gives it a disservice. As Webster defined charity, he said that charity is as love. Now, that's simply part of the definition. It's the beginning part. But what happens if we say charity as love, and then we stop? We miss the rest. And there's something in this definition that is very, very important uh, to take down and to take in as we consider this word and why it is used here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He continues, he says, Charity as love, comma, benevolence, or giving, or good will. Period. Love, benevolence, or goodwill, but then he continues. And this is the part that causes charity to be the best word used here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 as this description, and here's what he says. He says it's that disposition of heart, that disposition of heart which inclines men 
to think favorably of their fellow man and do good to them. He says in a theological sense, it includes the supreme love to God and the universal goodwill to men. Think about this. It's that disposition of heart which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man and to do good to them. That's a little bit more and goes a little bit beyond the word love. You see, while this is again a, a used more in a noun sense of a word, there is still an action that is involved in charity. And it's, again, that disposition of heart that inclines men to think favorably, not unfavorably, to their fellow man, but also to do good unto them. Now, within this sense, the reason I mention, mention that and the reason I bring that up is because when we take 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we simply take it, and, and we, we take it from verse number 1 to verse number 13, it, it's easy to confuse and it's easy to understand why somebody might replace the word charity with the word love. It's easy to understand that when you pick it up and you move it out of its context of the rest of the Scripture. But when you consider that in chapter 12, Paul is answering this question back in verse number 1. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. That you be ignorant. And so he tells us again in chapter 12 about all the spiritual gifts and their usage and where they're at in the church and, and how we don't all have the same spiritual gift, but God has equipped us with one spiritual gift at a time. And then when we come to chapter 14 and we see again, he says, follow after charity. Follow after charity. Follow after that love that causes you to have a disposition of heart to think favorably of your fellow man and to do good to them. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. You see, 1 Corinthians 13 is a uh, somewhat of a parenthetical statement or phrase or paragraph, if you will, because when you go from chapter 12, he says, I I'm going to show you as you covet spiritual gifts. He says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. But then he says in verse four, in chapter 14, rather, in verse 1, he says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But if we desire spiritual gifts without considering charity, we miss something. We miss something. And so that is why 1 Corinthians 13 is here. And this is why when we come to this and we consider this definition of charity, of that disposition of heart which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man and to do good to them, as we consider that definition this evening, we will do well to begin to explore this topic of how charity makes your spiritual gift complete. How does it make your spiritual gift complete? Well, when we consider that this evening, I want you to look at number one. The importance of charity for the gifts. The importance of charity for the spiritual gifts. He begins right off the bat, and he doesn't really begin right off the bat because he's continuing from chapter 12, really. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, 
I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He says, though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Notice that without charity, tongues make zero sense. Without having a disposition of heart that thinks favorably to the fellow man and to do good to them, tongues make zero sense. Without charity, prophecy doesn't matter. Without charity. Without charity, understanding means very little. Without charity, trying to understand is pointless. Without charity, exercising faith is vanity. If you continue, as he says in in verse number 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, uh, without charity, giving away of gifts is empty. You know, remember Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. For far too long we receive, we receive, we receive, and so then we try giving, and if giving is done without charity, simply empty. And that is what Paul is getting at here as he goes through and he says, without charity, without charity, sacrificing self is without merit. He says, though I give my body to be burned, have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. He says, okay, you want a spiritual gift? Wonderful. Better have charity with it. That gift that you have, that gift that you want, that gift that you desire, you're going to have to have something to complete it. What does it need? What's it need? It needs charity. It needs charity. When you think about a car with no engine, It's not useless. You could sit in it. But who wants to sit in a car and do nothing? I remember when I was a teenager, my dad had an old truck. And uh, it, it had stopped running. And I was, I was probably Justice's age, maybe 14, maybe almost 15. And, and, and I remember getting inside that truck, Brother Marty, and thinking, I'm going to have this truck one day. The problem was the truck didn't run. But I would get in and I would sit in it and, and I'd put my arm on the steering wheel. And Brother Bob, I looked cool. I did, man. I'd turn my hat around backwards and I'd sit there. And, and all I was doing is looking at the carport. Now, some of you are laughing at that. Because you're realizing how silly that is, don't you? You all did it as well. Okay, maybe so. But I just couldn't, I couldn't wait for that truck to be mine. Then I also remember the day the tow truck showed up to take that truck away. I watched my dream of driving a broken down truck that didn't run go down the road. 
with assistance, of course. Having the gifts without charity is like having a car that doesn't run. It's not, now again, it's not worthless. It has a purpose. But what is a car's purpose? A car's purpose is to run. A car's purpose is to get you from point A to point B. A car's purpose is to transport you. Without an engine, and you can mention other parts, without tires, not going to get very far. Not going to get very far. Charity has an importance for the gifts. It completes them. I want you to see number two this evening, not just the importance of charity, but I want you to see the ingredients. You see, as we have charity and we add charity and and bring charity into the gifts, something's going to happen. Something's going to stir up. In verse number 4, he says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, it vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The ingredients of charity. First, charity is patient. Notice in that it's charity suffereth long. The idea of suffering is not something that we like to think about in our culture, is it? As a matter of fact, not just do we not like to suffer, but we don't like to wait. Waiting is a foreign thing to us. We don't like to wait for anything. We just want it, want it, want it, want it. But the Bible says, charity suffereth long. Then goes on to say it is kind. It's kind. Not mean, not ugly, but kind. It says, charity envieth not, it's not jealous. There's no jealousy in charity. Why? Because it's the disposition of heart that inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man. And to do good to them. You see, we get too cynical today, don't we? We get so cynical that we think everybody has an ulterior motive in what they do or how they do it. 
Not if we have charity. Charity is not jealous. It's not boastful. Not boastful and vaunteth itself. Being puffed up. It's not arrogant. He says, doth not behave itself unseemly. Charity doesn't misbehave. Seeketh not her own. Is not self-centered. Again, the very definition of charity denies itself from being self-centered because it's thinking favorably of their fellow man and doing good to them. It's not self-centered. Charity is good-natured. Not easily provoked. Good-natured. One of the ingredients. Doesn't seek revenge. Thinking no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Doesn't see any joy in evil. Or in the evilness. Charity enjoys the truth. Suffers without resentment as it beareth all things. Believeth all things. It's understanding. Hopeth all things. And endures all things. Notice in verse number 4, charity suffereth long. Very similar ingredient here in verse number 7, as it endureth all things. This is charity. This is what makes up charity. This is what allows charity to be added to a gift and completes it. These ingredients of charity is again what completes the gifts that God has given to us. I want you to see number three this evening. We're going to try to wrap this all together here and make some sense of it. Because we also see the intelligence of charity. The intelligence of it. He says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. The greatest of these is charity. You see, when compared, charity outlasts prophecy. Charity outlasts tongues, and it outlasts knowledge. Verse number 8, it says, charity never faileth. Whether there be prophecies, they'll cease. They'll fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. Charity completes these gifts. We find that charity is the root and the beginning of faith and hope. There's something about charity... 
that like the spiritual gifts, here's where it completes it. Like the spiritual gifts, it is for others. When God has given to us a spiritual gift, He's given it to us to use for others. See, often we, we're here in just a couple of weeks, we're going to get Christmas gifts, aren't we? Hopefully you will. But have you ever gotten a Christmas gift or a birthday gift or any other gift that was given to you for someone else? Be honest. Be honest here, okay? This is honesty check time. How many of you, I mean, it's Christmas here in a couple of weeks, but you open up a gift and the person that gave it to you says, oh, by the way, this is, that's actually for somebody else. How many of you are totally excited about that? Anyone? Who's disappointed? You're like, well, why would you give me a gift for Marty? Because it's for Marty, but you gave it to me. How many of you are disappointed in that? Be honest. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, if you give me a gift and I open it up, I, I get excited. I'm like, oh, man, you gave me a gift. And I open it up and it says, it's for Rachel. Well, why didn't you just give it to Rachel? Hmm. Now, we have been given gifts before. It's kind of funny. Uh, from time to time, it's not happened in a long time or anything. But uh, someone will uh, give Rachel and I a gift. But it's for the home. How many of you men know what I'm talking about? How many of you know where I'm going with this? A gift for the home is not for me. <laughs> okay, it's just not. I mean, it's beautiful, it's lovely, but it's really more for Rachel, the decorator of our home. But here's the thing about the gifts that God has equipped us with. They're for you. And they're for me. They're for us to use for each other. You see? This is what distinguishes, if you'll note here, as he says in verse number 13, now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. What makes charity greater than faith? What makes charity greater than hope? What makes it greater is that charity is for others. Faith and hope is only for you. And when you read within this context of chapter 12, and as we go into next week, chapter 14, hopefully you will be able to see that charity is unlike faith. It is unlike hope because it is charity that completes the gifts that God has given to you to use for others. And again, when you consider the very definition of charity and that which is to think favorably of your fellow man and to do good to them. That is why God has equipped you to do good. And when we add charity to that, it causes us to no longer envy or even covet another gift 
it causes us to say, okay, how can I use this? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Faith is wonderful. Hope is great. But those are for you. Charity? For someone else. The gifts that God has equipped you for is for someone else. Charity, if I could say, is within the very essence of God. That is what charity is. And the duty of charity we'll find in chapter 14 as he says, follow after charity. Follow after it. Do good unto your fellow man. Do good to them. Be kind to them. As we complete this very familiar passage tonight, I hope that you can now see that it is not, it is not a standalone passage. It's not a passage that we could just pick up, carry over, and say, this is the love chapter. No, it's much more than that. This is a completing chapter of how God has equipped the local church to serve one another. To have unity within. It's the role of the local church and the necessity of charity and the role of the spiritual gifts that God has given us to use for someone else. For someone else. I'm going to use Marty as another example here. He's sitting up front. Marty's, Marty's a mechanic by trade, right? Kind of mechanic. Dabbles in it. Is it real easy to mechanic without tools? No. Impossible. Impossible. So, if someone were to give you a tool that would allow you to mechanic easier, Nice, isn't it? Yeah. Real nice. But it's not for you, is it? No, not really. I mean, it is for you because you're the one using it. It makes your job easier. But you're using it for others. That's it. You're using it for others. That's charity, folks. That's the gifts that God has given to us to use for others. To make our job just a little lighter and a little easier. I know if you're like me, you, you, you know that sometimes people can be difficult. Amen? Amen. But you also know as we say amen, you should also know and take note that sometimes you are that difficult person. Yeah. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's you. You say, well, I have this gift. I want to use it. I want to use it. You know, a lot of times we're using these gifts incorrectly. Church at Corinth was. They were using their gifts incorrectly. And that is why Paul had to take a step back and say, hey, 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 
Use this with your gift. Marty, I'm sure you use sockets all the time, all the time. But you use a wrench with it, don't you? Because to use it without the wrench is what? Useless. Use them together. I'm sure somebody could finagle away or to use a, a socket without the wrench. I'm just going to tell you, it's a whole lot easier when you got the wrench. That's charity. Charity makes it so much easier. It allows us to be less frustrated. It allows us to be less consumed with just us. Knowing that our gift is to be used for others. Follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts. But rather that ye may prophesy. Why? As we'll see next week, prophecy is for others. There's something here about others. We consider these gifts. Let's bow for prayer, shall we?